helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Freedom is not free. While that is true, how often do you think about what freedom actually costs? Earlier this week, many of us exercised our duty to vote. Some of us fulfilled our duty to sit on a jury. But behind all of this are the millions of men and women that have sacrificed to defend the Constitution of the United States. Obviously, some have been injured, even killed, and many others, well, they've had to deal with the horrors of battle. Regardless, each and every one of them was willing to live with little pay, difficult living conditions, and almost constant threat of being deployed into danger. Americans have set aside this day to remember these men and women. And the first great war that covered the world. We call this day Veterans Day. Now, while the sacrifice of our veterans have helped us live with the freedom we have left, what are the American people doing to help? After all, the head of a spear may be dangerous, but it is the weight of the shaft that gives it power. In the same way, it's the people's support that give those soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines the strength to do their job. So make today the day you earn the sacrifice that these men and women have made. Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. And it's a bit of a somber day, but it's also a very important day. Yes, November 11th, 11-11, is the day of the armistice in World War I. At 11-11 a.m. on November 11th, the First Great War ended. And some, some countries still celebrate it as Armistice Day. In America, we have expanded it to Veterans Day. And we honor not just the veterans who served in that great war that we now call World War I, but all of our veterans. And it is right that we do so. You know, it, it, it's interesting to see, for me, um, how so many of us have treated our veterans. And I have some suggestions that I will get to at the end of this episode. But today, right now, I wanted to take a look at some examples of our veterans and the work that they've done that, well, you may not be that aware of. I mean, how many of you realize that there was actually a battle that took place in Athens, Tennessee in 1944? Yeah, I know. I was kind of confused about it until I did some research on it. It's called the Battle of Athens. Uh, Athens, Tennessee is a, ca- is a county seat for McMinn County in eastern Tennessee, not, you know, somewhere between Chattanooga and Knoxville, if you're trying to find it on a map. Now, this county, well, let's say there was a lot of political corruption in it. You see, uh, deputies, sheriff's deputies, often received fees for every person they booked, incarcerated, and released. So, not surprisingly, there was a little bit of uh, graft going on with that. Deputies would, would routinely board buses just passing through, drag passengers off and jail them to pay a fine. Somewhat, basically about $16 for public drunkenness, whether they were guilty or not. Because the the deputies, well, they got money for it. They got, they'd, they'd arrest maybe 100, 120 people in a weekend. And of course, they got 
paid they got paid fees, bounties for each and every one of them. I guess that's one way to make a living. But the biggest problem, the, the other big problem in in McMinn County in Athens, Tennessee, was the fact that um, people didn't trust the elections. See, the 1936 election of Sheriff Paul Cantrell was widely regarded as being fraudulent. Sound familiar? Uh, Then in 1941, a law was passed kind of changing the number of of justices and voting precincts, uh, all pretty much designed to help Mr. Cantrell remain in office. Now, of course, there were reports of the Department of Justice, and, and they looked at election fraud in McMinn County in, well, 1940, 42, and 44, but never really came to anything. And in 1945 and 46, guess what happened? There were thousands of GIs who were turning home from the European theater, uh, and, and pr- primarily from the European theater. And uh, they saw what was going on, and, well, they weren't too happy about it. So some of these veterans uh, started running for office. They pretty much formed their own party. And, uh, well, needless to say, there were accusations and recriminations and uh, a lot of pretty much what we've been seeing for the last two years coming out of our political talking heads. Again, nothing new. Well, that was until Election Day, which happened in uh, August of 1946. Now, that year, they had the largest voter turnout in local history, but, well, that didn't stop problems from cropping up. At 9.30 a.m., a Walter Ellis, who was a legally appointed representative for the veterans, I guess today we would call a poll watcher, he was arrested because he protested voting irregularities. And there were reports of uh, violence in, in several of the voting precincts. Things were getting ugly. Somewhere about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, a a farmer by the name of Tom Gillespie, he stepped into the 11th Precinct polling place to cast his ballot, but he was confronted by one of Cantrell's guards. Uh, The the guard used a, a racial pejorative and told him, you can't vote here. You see, Mr. Gillespie happened to be black and elderly. When Gillespie protested, um, he was hit with a set of brass knuckles. And as he was running for the door, he was shot in the back. Things were getting, were getting pretty ugly in Athens, Tennessee. And the veterans had a, had a choice. Were they going to sit back and let this happen, or were they going to do something? Now, as the, um, the ballot boxes from the different precincts were taken to the county jail to be counted, both by uh, under the guard of the sheriff. Two of his deputies were sent to the veterans' headquarters, um, basically to to uh, arrest them. Um, the veterans quickly detained the deputies. Well, then support was sent. You know, uh, uh, more deputies were sent, and they were taken prisoner as well. In fact, at one point, the veterans actually had to protect the lives of the sheriff's deputies they had detained from the very people who uh, that were were trying to vote. They wanted them beaten, possibly to death. Now, by 9 p.m., uh, the uh, Sheriff Cantrell and, and uh, two other politicians were locked inside the jail. 
They were guarded by 50 deputies and they were counting ballots. And everyone knew that they, they not counting ballots behind closed doors where nobody could watch. Again, sound familiar? Everybody knew the election was being rigged again. Everyone knew the election was being stolen. And the veterans made up their mind. In, in, in fact, uh, the leader uh, of, the, uh, of the group of veterans, well, he told his men, he gave his men a very impassioned speak. He said, you call yourselves GIs. You go over there and fight for three and four years. You come back and you let a bunch of draft dodgers who stayed here where it was safe and you were making it safe for them push you around. If you people don't stop this, and now is a time and place, you people wouldn't make a pimple on a fighting GI's backside. He said, get guns. See, he saw the election being stolen. And he saw men that were waiting for someone to say, it's time to fight. That man was Bill White. I'm not saying it's time to go grab the guns and um, you know, defend the election. In fact, I find it interesting. It's, it's actually the Biden administration that's taking the guns in the form of the FBI and using them to intimidate people at the polling place. Oh, they say they're there to, to keep things under control, uh, to, to make sure there's no voter suppression or intimidation. There's a problem, though. That's a viol- that, that, is, that is illegal. The FBI, the federal government, the United States is not authorized to um, simply camp out and watch polls. They could, if there are instances of violations of legitimate federal law, violations of rights protected by the Constitution, they can investigate and, and prosecute. It is not their job to watch the polls. See, the FBI is much more like those sheriff's deputies. Maybe they're not telling people they can't vote. Maybe they're not hitting them with brass knuckles or shooting people in the back. But they're still standing there with their guns, watching what's going on. You expect this in Iran. We expected this in the Soviet Union. I certainly didn't, well, I can't say I didn't expect it. I, I, when I was younger, I never expected this would happen in the United States. Sadly, this is how far things have fallen in this country. That the FBI is now a brute squad. And they're going to watch over, quote-unquote, watch over the election. Now, with the recent history of going after pro-life families and, and anybody who, who uh, questioned the, January, the, the, uh, the election... Do you really believe these are nonpartisan actors? With Merrick Garland and Director Ray that have repeatedly abused and politicized these this this office, do you really think they're suddenly going to be free and fair? No. Ladies and gentlemen, this is intimidation. And I, I, I believe it was Governor DeSantis, and there's one other, I want to say Missouri, but I'm not sure, that said, no, FBI will not be allowed inside our polling places. That is a violation of state law. You're not allowed. Why is there only two out of 50? Is it, the, is it that 48 governors are okay with this federal intimidation? Or are they just 48 cowards unwilling to stand up and protect the rights of the people they represent? 
You see, in Athens, Tennessee, in August of 1946, there was a shooting war. There was a battle. The veterans raided the, the, the armory, got arms, and they surrounded the jail. They did allow an ambulance in to um, take care of the wounded after the shots were fired. However, the, uh, the, the, the criminals, right, the uh, Sheriff Cantrell and the other two, used it to escape. And when the veterans finally gained access to the jail, you know what they found? They found the, that these three men were cheating. That they were counting votes for Cantrell something like five to seven times for every vote for the veteran. They saw that their votes were being stolen. Now, there's more to this story. And I wrote an article about it a couple of years ago. You can find it on my website, constitutionstudy.com. Uh, I'll put a link in the description for uh, when this goes to podcasts, so you, you can, if you're having a hard time finding it. But on this Veterans Day, be nice to remember that there were men, veterans, men who had fought for freedom and liberty and rights, who had fought to defend the Constitution, who came home and had to fight for it again. Now, sure, they were fighting to protect their own rights and the rights of their family. But I wonder how far they would have gone if it wasn't for people like Mr. Gillespie, who knew, probably, that the deputies did not, would not let him vote, but was willing to go anywhere. Anyway, the man was, was beaten. He was shot. But he showed strength of character. And I'm sure that and the other examples of men willing to stand and do the right thing, even though it may cost them something, helped give heart to those veterans who stood up for their rights. Stood up for the rights of everyone in that county. So today, let's remember the veterans. The men and women who have fought and died, who have come back physically, sometimes mentally scarred, or simply suffered the horrors of war, the, the deprivations of being a soldier or a sailor, being away from home and family. How many families fall apart when the, uh, that, from people in the military? How many, how many veterans have committed suicide because of the strain they were put under? Let's remember them. But I want you to think about this. What can we do that is more than just remember them? How do we come the spear shaft to their spearhead? How do we give them the strength to carry on? The, the motivation to do what is right, to do the dangerous thing that most of us cannot or will not do. What can we do to be the, the strength that they need to do the hard things? Now, I want to look at some examples of, of what these men and women have sacrificed and fought for, but I have to take a break first. Before I do, though, please take a look at HealthyCell.com. They are a leading innovator in supplements designed to Support your body at the cellular level. They've got a lot of great products. One that I love and I use regularly is called Focus and Recall. Sure, you get to the end of the day, you're a little fuzzy-headed, 
And you see all the commercials, right? Get that cup of coffee or that energy shot or that energy drink. They're all over the place. The problem I find with them is, one, the sugar's not good for me. The caffeine gives me a buzz. Maybe I get the jitter sometimes, but then at the afterwards, I crash. Well, now with Focus and Recall. It is a nutritional supplement designed to boost your short-term focus and your long-term brain power, all without the, the, the jitters that come from caffeine and sugar, simply for with vitamins. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off anything in your first order. Just go to HealthyCell.com and use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So go to HealthyCell.com, try the Focus and Recall, try any of their great products, but use that code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud, and they'll give you 25% off your first order. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.5 proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. That's HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. All right. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the CofixRx banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You're free. Join the Constitution study where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rise of generation free. And today we're remembering a Veterans Day, remembering the men and women who fought and sacrificed and many died so that we could live free, so that America could remain a republic. But that republic is being torn out by the roots. I, I talked in the first half about the, the Battle of Athens and how um, a fight to uh, stop a corrupted election process led to actual gunfire in an American city in the 1940s. But are we really that different today? You see, the, the Department of Justice plans to send people to monitor. I mentioned this in the beginning, but they're going to monitor 
they wanted to, they sent them to monitor the elections. And they did so in 24 states. Now, there's a couple of things I find interesting about this. Uh, first of all, uh, it's absolutely illegal. Okay, there is nothing, let me repeat that again, there is nothing in the Constitution that authorizes the United States to monitor voting in the states. If they have probable cause, and if they can get a warrant, well, they'd have to show that it was a violation of a law that was exercising a power delegated to the United States. So unless they could show that um, they were not letting uh, people over the age of 18 vote or having to pay a tax or uh, were, were discriminating based on race in the polling places, well, there's absolutely no reason for this except, well, except for one, voter intimidation. Think about it. As I mentioned in the first in the first segment, we were talking about the FBI and the fact that they have we have reports they have been attacking pro life groups. They have um, gone after uh, people who uh, uh, who oppose abortion, but they've ignored the evidence of crimes against pro life centers. They've used their their position to not only inflate the domestic violence extremist numbers but they've done it for a politicized reason. And we have whistleblowers from inside the FBI, multiple of them, saying exactly this. And now this Department of Justice thinks they have the moral authority to monitor votes? My answer is no. Oh, heck no. Now they say, well, since the, the 1965 Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Division has regularly monitored elections. Yeah, you commit a crime often does, doesn't make it legal. You see, the FBI is supposed to be an investigatory, not an intimidation squad. You have to have probable cause, and there isn't any. This is an unreasonable search. They are searching. They are watching without purpose. Now, does that mean that state officials shouldn't monitor? Absolutely, state officials should monitor the election. No, this is voter intimidation. This is actually, maybe it's more intimidating the election boards. This is the federal government trying to intimidate the states to stop actually enforcing voter integrity laws. Now, other things they claim to be watching out for are uh, they want to enforce a Uniformed and Overseas Citizens Absentee Voting Act. Okay, uniformed uh, officers, people overseas in the military. Um, uh, yeah, maybe, but again, do you have any probable cause? No, you're just intimidating people. But interesting, they also want to enforce the National Voter Registration Act, the Help America Vote Act, and uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Not one of them, not one of those acts is legal. It doesn't legally exist. It is, they are all repugnant to the Constitution. The federal government has no say in voter registration because we don't vote nationally. We vote in our states. So the National Voter Registration Act, the Help America Vote Act, all both in, uh, have nothing to do, uh, are not exercising powers delegated to the United States. Same with the Americans with Disabilities Act. There's nothing in the Constitution that authorizes the federal government to determine how you have to allow access to people with disabilities. And remember, my wife's in a wheelchair. And the funny thing is, the Americans with Disability Act, in many ways it sucks 
because the requirements it puts out, well, it helps some people with disabilities, but not others. So tell me, why is it, without any evidence, the Department of Justice thinks it needs to monitor these elections? I'll tell you why. The answer is very simple. It's expected that the Democrats are going to get a shellacking, that, that when all the numbers are finally in, the Democrats are going to lose seats in the House, they're probably going to lose seats in the Senate, they're going to lose seats in a lot of state legislatures, which brings me to the next topic I want to cover. And it's an idea. And you know what? I wish I had thought of this before the election. We've heard for months now that, oh, if you vote for Republican, it's the end of our democracy. And I understood that what they really meant was it's the end of the Democratic Party. But just the other day, it came to my head. I get, I wish I had thought of this before Election Day. I really do. Because it finally makes sense. You remember when Anthony Fauci said that he was the science? If you contradicted him, you were contradicting science? Well, that same arrogance runs in through the political parties. In other words, all of these people saying that the Republicans are a threat to democracy, no, they think the Democratic Party is the democracy. That anything that decreases the power and influence of the Democratic Party is destructive to democracy. It makes sense now, doesn't it? Listen to all the rhetoric when you realize that, uh, uh, you know, the, that every time someone says that it's a threat to, the, to American democracy, what they mean is the threat to the Democratic Party. And if a threat to the Demo- if they are the democracy, any threat to the Democratic Party, any threat to a single party rule is a threat to democracy. Interesting. This actually sounds a lot like uh, something George Washington said in his farewell address. He said, the alternate domination of one faction over another, sharpened by the spirit of revenge, natural to party dissension, uh, which in different ages and countries has, pers- has perpetrated the most hard enormities, is itself a frightful despotism. Aren't, isn't that what we're seeing? One faction, one political party dominating over the other, sharpened by a spirit of revenge to the point where opposition is considered a threat to democracy? Yeah, it's its own frightful despotism. But he, Washington went on and said, The disorders and miseries which result gradually incline the minds of men to seek security and repose in the absolute power of an individual, and sooner or later the chief of some prevailing faction, more able or more fortunate than his competitors, turns this disposition to the purposes of his own elevation on the ruins of public liberty. We're here, ladies and gentlemen. We are here. This spirit of revenge has become so sharp that uh, even considering the the position of your opponent is now uh, a threat to, quote, is a threat to democracy. Uh, Even allowing the ideas of the others to be presented in public is a threat to democracy. I'm going to cover that in the next segment. We are watching... America devolve into a monarchy where anybody who uh, opposes dear leader that happens to sit at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, well, we'll get the DOJ to go after your political opponents, we'll quote-unquote monitor elections illegally, 
all to make sure that my team wins. And we're watching as the the corporate media, which is um, basically the propaganda arm of this progressive movement, doing their job to promote this scare hoax. I mean, it worked with COVID. Why wouldn't it work with the election? And there are many ways to play games with the elections, to manipulate the elections, just like they did in Athens, Tennessee. There's been a, a um, quite a brouhaha in Philadelphia dealing with the question of improperly filled out absentee ballots. So Philadelphia City Commissioner, uh, the Commission Chairwoman Lisa Dealey, told CNN that some 3,400 mail-in ballots could be rejected she said, quote, this really creates a really unfair disenfranchisement to thousands of voters, not only here in Philadelphia, but across the Commonwealth. But you know what Dealey didn't happen to mention? The people, the, these 3,400 mail-in ballots that could be rejected, it's because they were not filled out properly. They have incorrect, in, incorrect information on them, or they're missing the dates. You see, Pennsylvania law requires that there be certain information, including the date, on the ballot. And what I find interesting is, she says, well, you know, she says there's a lack of common sense clarity, and it's a tragedy for voters. No, there was plenty of clarity in the instructions. I'm sorry, if you can't be bothered to care enough about your vote to actually fill it out properly, that's not our fault. And if the laws of, of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania have an error in them, you don't ignore the laws, you fix the laws. But you see, we can't be bothered with that because in the mind of uh, Philadelphia City Commissioner's Chairwoman Lisa Dealey, getting people, it doesn't matter if their votes are legal, just get them to vote. You see, shortly before the election, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court barred state officials from counting ballots with incorrect or missing information on the return envelope. If you couldn't fill out the ballot, that's not our fault. Now, sure, the NAACP, the League of Women Voters, they've gone into all this. They said it's, it's a meaningless technicality. No, it's called the law. And if you don't like the law, fix the law. And if, you, if it's that big a deal to you, why did you wait till a court said you actually have to follow the law to make a big deal about it. They're disappointed that the Philadelphia, I'm sorry, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court actually followed the law rather than their opinions. How far are we from having a shooting war to make sure that the votes, that only legal votes are counted? But of course, there are other ways to impact and influence an election. According to a report from the American Institute for Behavioral Research and Technology, uh, Google, as well as some other potentially other search engines, well, they're manipulating the election. See, according to this study, um, there were 1.9 million of what they refer to as ephemeral experience when people were using Google. Now, they, they, an ephemeral experience means... It's something that's short-lived and, and not recorded. So the results of a search. And what they're showing is that of these um, 1.9 million experiences, that Google is specifically manipulating the search results to change, to shift your opinion or your voting preferences. 
they found that uh, they were able to influence up to 80% of undecided voters just by doing tricks. Like when you're typing in the search bar, you know, they, they stick up uh, suggested uh, solutions, suggested searches. They can influence a group of people with a 50-50 split into as high as a 90-10 split. They, according to the report, a single question and answer interaction on a digital personal assistant can shift pr- uh, voting preferences of undecided voters by more than 40%. The study found that there was a, a high level of liberal bias in Google search results in critical swing states like Arizona, Florida, and Wisconsin when compared to Bing and, and, and other search engines. They also noted things, the autoplay videos. You know, those videos that pop up and start running whether you ask them to or not. Yeah, they found uh, that 92% of autoplay videos on YouTube um, were, were, were basically liberal biased news sources. They said it could possibly shift a vote hundreds of thousands of votes come election day. The study also found that Google sent uh, voting reminders to moderates and liberals more than conservatives. Um, and we've already had uh, politicians complaining that Google was treating as spam all of their their campaign emails, uh, you know, voter drives, get out the votes, and, and donation requests. It's one of the reasons why I don't trust Google. But it's not just big tech. Remember this guy, George Soros? He is the largest donor this election season. He has given $128 million to help Democrats. Now listen, Mr. Soros made a boatload of money. I don't begrudge him using that money the way he wants. But both the Google and and Soros um, uh, studies, the the Google and Soros stories, tell me something. The American people are lazy. If somebody tell, you know, is ready to manipulate us, we, have, we, we don't look at things critically. If you get more answers from Google that point you to uh, uh, liberal solutions, if you get more videos from liberal news sources, if, if you're getting more campaign ads and, and uh, uh, you know, other things from Democrats because they've got a major donor, we let that influence us. As much as people like to point at Google and at Soros for the actions that they're taking and Zuckerberg, ultimately, influence only works if we follow it. If you're looking to Google to help you make up your mind as to who you should support at the ballot box or who you should have supported the ballot box, then you're not making the decision yourself. If you're not willing to go searching and using multiple search engines, multiple techniques... If you're making up your mind based on a commercial you hear or see or some piece of mail you get, you're not following a constitutionally minded process. You're, you're, you're being manipulated by others without thought, without impact. It reminds me when I was a, a Sunday school teacher, I would always ask my students every year, uh, I, I would tell them that the most difficult question I would ask them all year was why. My problem wasn't that you thought something or believed something. Why did you do this? Is this something you made up your own mind on or were you simply following something somebody else said? Granted, I was dealing with high school seniors. 
you know, I'm not dealing with small children at this point. But I would ask, I would also deal with adults and I'd say the same thing. Is this a decision you have made or a decision that's been made for you? If we're living in a world where the decisions of our elections are being made for us, either by uh, election fraud or by following the the brainwashing, the, the manipulation of others, then I question the validity of the republic. If we the people aren't choosing our electors, who is? And I'm going to talk more about how we got there in the next, in the next segment, but I have to take a break. But I want to remind you, America Out Loud has a lot of different voices. It's a great place to stop every day to find out what's going on, to find the news and stories that you'll find important. Then do me a favor, share them. Share the stories, the videos, the articles, the podcasts. Help other people get that information that Google and Soros may be hiding from them. It's up to you. You can do your part. Don't sit back and wait for somebody else to do it. Do it yourself. Go to AmericaOutloud.com every day, find the news and stories, then share them with friends, family, on social media. That is how we beat the big tech tyrants and the big money tyrants, is by giving them, giving the people better information. And that is how we secure the blessings of liberty. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. And today we're celebrating Veterans Day, and we're celebrating all the veterans, all those who have sacrificed so that we could live free. And by living free, I mean not in the land that these fascists are trying to put upon us. Yes, I use the word fascist because, unlike many, I actually used it based on the dictionary definition. See, Merriam-Webster's online defines fascist as a political philosophy, movement, or regime that exalts nation and often race above the individual, and that stands for a centralized, autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, 
severe economic and social regimentation, and forcible suppression of opposition. See, in order to be a republic, yeah, yes, you have to be able to vote. And that vote must be freely and fairly registered, counted, and accumulated. But you also have to have the opportunity for opposition. And that is something that, I, I'm sorry, the modern progressive just cannot handle. That's why you get statements like this from uh, from President Biden. He said, and now what are we all worried about? Elon Musk goes out and buys an outfit that sends that spews lies all across the world. There's no editor anymore in America. There's no editor. How do we expect kids to be able to understand what's at stake? It's called education, Mr. President. I find it interesting. Here you have a, a, uh, uh, an organization. Now, Biden admits, spews lies all across the world. Do you want to know why I don't get my news from Twitter? But now he's upset because somebody who is, in his words, a free speech absolutist actually goes out and buys it. And who knows? They might actually institute free speech. Well, he says it right here. There will be no editors. By editor, you might as well say censor. See, he's worried that the censors are being taken out of America. Oh, my God, you might be able to get in information that, well, they don't agree with. Now, some of that information is going to be good. Some of that information is going to be bad. Some of what the people will say will be right. Some of it will be wrong. That's called freedom. That The, the opposite what, what Mr. Biden wants, the forcible suppression of opposition, that's called fascism. And just look at the government he currently runs. Yes, it exalts the group or the race above the individual. We're not worried about how individuals do in college. Is there a sufficient diversity of racial representation? His government, he, he is... The definition of an autocratic government. He just he just legislates via executive order. He's a dictator. He wants everyone to follow an economic re regime of um, getting rid of fossil fuels, or a a social regime that promotes transgenderism and racial theory. And he wants to suppress any opposition. So I'm not surprised that Mr. Biden frets that free speech might make a, a resurgence in America. If people actually knew what was going on, maybe he and his political cronies wouldn't have a job. So what is this, uh, uh, what, what is Biden afraid that Musk will do? Well, well here's what Musk says he wants to do. Uh, he tweeted that Twitter will be forming a content moderation council with widely diverse viewpoints. No major content decision or account reinstatements will happen before that council convenes. Okay. Uh, doesn't mean that, that he's going to fix the problem. How do you define widely diverse viewpoints? How, what type of power do they have? It, are the viewpoints weighted one way or the other? We have to wait and see. But it certainly is better than what we have now, where some algorithm can trip along and say, nope, we're ditching you because well, we find a word we don't like. Because remember, Twitter was at, at front and center when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. That was Twitter suppressed. They, they shut down the account of the Washington Post because they had information to share. Well, information that 
that didn't support their their masters in the progressive movement. Uh, Media Research Council did some research. Uh, they the was it the MRC Free Speech America published report of 646 cases in its censor track database of censorship specifically pro-Biden between March of 2010 and March of 2022. I'm sorry, 2020 and 2022. So between, in two years, from March 2020 to March 2022, 646 cases that um, there was censorship that was pro-Biden administration. And the fact that that might be disappearing appears to be what's bothering the Democrats, including Joe Biden. What does that tell you about him and his administration? It tells me he's a fascist. He wants to suppress opposition. We saw it with, with um, his, his executive order to try and force, um, force uh, uh, employers to get their employees injected with an experimental drug. His CDC uh, trying to stop uh, 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 renters, I'm sorry, uh, landlords from evicting renters who refuse to pay their, their rent. Um, we've seen it in this uh, attack on American military for uh, not taking an experimental drug in violation of federal law. And they've been, they've been demoted. They've been kicked out. That sounds like a forcible suppression of opposition and severe economic and social regimentation. And the last thing I believe that Mr. Biden would want is for that information to become more widely available. We saw it during COVID-19, right, with all the, the suppression of information about hydroxychloroquine. I want to read you a quote. Hydroxychloroquine can be prescribed to adults and children of all ages. It can also be safely taken by pregnant women and nursing mothers. Do you know where that came from? Yeah, that came from the CDC. That's right. The CDC's own a pamphlet on hydroxychloroquine claims that it's safe in adults and children, even pregnant and nursing mothers. We'll see if it's used for malaria. Yet even though there was evidence that it also, if used early, could help uh, people with COVID-19, no, 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 no. We couldn't have that. We had to suppress that in, that information. We had to promote a vaccine that's not legally a vaccine, that is an utter failure as a vaccine, that does not stop the spread doesn't uh, of the disease, therefore making it not a public health issue. That was, and we've shown them, hey, they can do it. We, we that the American people will sit back and let that happen. And just think of what that says to the men and women who served, who served honorably, who sacrificed to support the Constitution of the United States, to defend it from all enemies, foreign and domestic, only to have domestic enemies trying to tear it down. Sure, we've got, uh, uh, we have governments at all levels. We have the president. We have the executive departments. We even have the Supreme Court of the United States. Now, they've gotten better in, in a few of these uh, opinions, but guess what? It affirmed the other day that the Transportation Safety Administration has the legal authority to enforce mass mandates on travelers in direct violation of the Constitution. We, we heard reports of soldiers crushed 
that had spent their lives, you know, a good chunk of their lives in Afghanistan trying to to um, make that a better country, only to get yanked out and watch it in hours devolve into tyranny. And they wondered, what was it all for? Why did they go to Afghanistan? Why do they sacrifice? Why do they spend time with their families? Why do they watch friends injured and killed if the country is just going to throw it all down the toilet? Same could be said for a lot of things. Freedom of speech, your right to vote, your right to be secure in your person's houses, papers, and effect, your, your right to be free from uh, unreasonable searches and seizures, to be to have your, your, not have your life, liberty, or property taken without due process. These were all fought for by these men and women. And I'm reminded of a story. Those of you who remember the movie Saving Private Ryan probably know the scene at the end of the final battle. See, Private Ryan was the last surviving child or male child of this family and they wanted to send him home. They couldn't find him. They took a company led by Captain Miller. They went out and they found him. They helped him um, in the in the last battle. And Captain Miller effect, pretty much fulfilled his mission in finding Private Ryan and allowing him to go home but it cost him almost his entire, almost his entire company. I think only one. Ultimately, I think only one man survived. After the battle, Captain Miller, mortally wounded, sitting on the ground, leaning back against a bicycle, I believe, a motorcycle, I believe, grabs Private Ryan, pulls him in close, and whispers in his ear two words: "Earn this." Think about that. Earn this. The sacrifice that Captain Miller and his men made so that Private Ryan could go home and live free. Earn the sacrifice that was made. Earn the trust that he was worthy, that he would do something with what the gift that he had been given. That he wouldn't waste it or, or, or destroy it or use it to destroy the rights of others. Earn this. It's a moving, if you've seen the movie, it is a moving scene, especially when it, it morphs into the older Private Ryan at the grave of Captain Miller in, in Normandy, and he looks to his wife and says, tell me I'm a good man. Powerful scene. On this Veterans Day, I have two words for the American people. Earn this. Earn the sacrifice that these men and women have made. Earn the, the blood, sweat, and tears they shed so that you could live free. If you did not vote in this last election, what are you telling these men and women? It wasn't worth it? Their sacrifice wasn't worth it? Or if you voted flippantly, if you just picked a donkey or an elephant and you really didn't care about the person or the office or the duties they would hold, what are you telling these men and women that have sacrificed so much so you have the right to vote? If you allow yourself to be censored, what are you telling these men and women that their, their fight so that you can have free speech doesn't really matter because you don't care? 
This idea of earn this. It's been pretty important to me this the, the second half of 2022. So much so that I actually, I, I had a shirt designed, a t-shirt. I think it's a pretty t-shirt. I think it's a very nice t-shirt. Comes in multiple colors, has the constitution, has an outline of, uh, of soldiers standing uh, and as, as if they're, you know, in battle. And it has those words. Earn this. That's what I want you to think about this Veterans Day. Have you earned the sacrifice that these men and women have made? Have you earned the trust that it was the right thing to do? That um, it was it was worthwhile. That you would you would use the gift they had purchased with their blood and their sweat and their tears. Or have we? Are we simply throwing it in the dumpster because we can't be bothered? Because it's too much work to actually show up and vote. We're too lazy. Give us a ballot that we can mail in. It's too much work to actually find what's going on. No, we're just going to let big tech and and large donors force feed us the information they want us to have. We're not going to stand up and do the right thing. This election is done. 2022 election is done. In two years, we'll be doing it again. What will you do between now and then to be better prepared to earn the sacrifice that men and women have suffered so that you could live free? Share the word. The need to earn this. I'll put a link in the description to the Earn This t-shirt. By the way, a t-shirt made right here in Middle Tennessee. Custom made. Handmade, right? Just for you. When you order it. But it's not about the t-shirt. It's about the message. It's about recognizing that men and women have sacrificed and bled and died as the tip of the spear, that that spearhead to protect your rights, to protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Isn't it about time that the American people take up their role as the staff behind that spear to give those men and women strength, power, motivation to do the right thing? And if that t-shirt moves you, if this, if this episode moves you, if anything moves you, please let me know. Comment on the page when it shows up. Let other people know they can hear the Constitution Study. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Heard on the iHeartRadio Network. They can find us on the webpage. They can find our apps for Apple, Android, or Alexa. They can find the podcast. Just use your favorite podcast app and, and search for the Constitution Study. You'll actually find two. Do me a favor, though. Ha- make sure people subscribe to the podcast, to rate the podcast. It's how other people find the Constitution. I've had people walk up to me and said they were searching for a constitutional podcast, and they found it. That's in part because you subscribed and rated the show. 
Now, if you want to, if you want to know where to do all this, again, find all the links to the homepage at AmericaOutloud.com. Find the links to the Battle of Athens in the T-shirt on this show page when it shows up. And do me a favor. Share them. Help other people to see we this is not a lost cause. But it only works if we work to share the blessings of liberty to all Americans. And to those of you who have served, who are our veterans, let me pledge to you here and now my life, my fortune, and my sacred honor to earn what you and your family have sacrificed so that me and my family can live free.